0: just go to cars.com. It's magical. Number one seed, baby. Woo! Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Twitch Live post game. My name is Bill Matz. I am your director of fun and games for the evening. Woo! Baby, we're the number one seed. We are the number one seed. The Flyers are the best team in the Eastern Conference. That's what that means. They just swept a three-game series, a three-game round robin, against the best teams in the East. We're talking Boston. We're talking Washington. We're talking Tampa. That's that's what we're talking about right now. It's the perfection line in Boston. It's, the, it's Ovechkin and all the stars in Washington. It's Tampa with Kucherov and Vasilevsky and... Uh, Jesus, Vasilevsky, almost said that bad. Uh, Hedman, even though he got hurt, amazing. The Flyers, the Philadelphia Flyers, yours, mine, and our, Philadelphia Flyers, are the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Bring on Montreal, bring on anybody. That's how I'm feeling right now. You remember uh, thinking about Montreal eliminating Pittsburgh? Remember what happened last time Montreal eliminated Pittsburgh? It was one of the best runs in the last, uh, let's call it 30, 40 years for this team. Uh, The Flyers are just feeling it right now. They are playing an incredible game defensively. They just do not give up big scoring chances. Look at the shot totals from these last three games. Look at what they're giving up to the most talented offenses in the league nothing. This Flyers team is fucking good. We have just, I'm just trying to bask in it right now. I don't even have takes. I don't have notes from this game. I just have, woo! Let's fucking go! Because that's how I'm feeling right now. Uh, Before we get into it, I do want to say, hey, if you're looking for a place for a great roast pork sandwich, Maybe some beers? You should go check out. The Crest Tavern, that's right, the Crest Tavern in Wildwood Crest, New Jersey. It is my favorite bar at the whole Jersey Shore, and I know everyone's feeling a little weird about, you know, going to a bar and doing this or doing that, but I got to tell you, with their outdoor dining, the food they have on the menu, absolutely incredible, and it all comes down to the owner, Timmy Fitz. He is the man. He is a huge hockey fan, so you know you'll be able to check out the Flyers games even though you're outdoor dining and say, yeah, you know, you don't really want to uh, you don't really want to sit down with everybody I get it, you don't want to go to a restaurant well, they have takeout they have packaged goods for booze they have takeout for their food so you can do whatever you want at the Crest Tavern in Wildwood Crest, New Jersey my favorite bar at the whole Jersey Shore one of my favorite bars in the whole world so check that out now that we have that out of the way let's just do another one Woo! This team is good, ladies and gentlemen. The Philadelphia Flyers, uh, they haven't won a playoff series since 2012. We all know that. Everybody here knows that. They're going to win a playoff series. They're going to win more than one playoff series. The goalies are good. The defense is good. The forwards are good. The depth is good. The coach is good. What else can you ask for right now I am just elated uh we've been waiting for this for a long time and even when these you know the flyers are on their stretch run they're playing well they win 9 out of 10 before the pause it's like okay yeah cool they're they're good they're building something this is going to be good experience for everybody uh maybe we'll win a playoff round but now How have your expectations not changed to Stanley Cup? I know this is Philadelphia. I know this is a team that has disappointed us many, many times in the past. But they're different. They are a different team right now. We are watching something we have not seen in a long time. This is a special group. They are playing for something. They are playing for each other. They are playing for the vets who've never got a chance, like Giroux and Voracek and all these guys. And they're playing for Oscar Lindblom. And not only do they have the motivation, they have the talent. Look at the depth in the forwards. Look at what they're trotting out. Shane Goss' bear tonight, the supposed seventh defenseman, he certainly looked a lot closer to a uh, the top four guy we thought he was than the third pair or extra defenseman he turned into this season and really the last two seasons. It could be a whole... A whole extra element that we didn't even think we had. Joel Faraby jumps in on the first line, scores a goal. We know this kid is inexperienced. We know he's green. But we know he's talented. And when he's played with other talented players, he has shined. Uh, shined, shown, shined whatever, Joel Faraby has shown that when he's out there with line mates who can set him up and do some of the, you know, veteran work, he is able to take advantage of that. He jumps on the first line tonight and uh, shows out again. This team, let's get to you guys. Uh, Before we get to you guys, I have a request. I have a request. Uh, If you're a subscriber to the Broad Street Hockey uh, podcast feed, which you all should be, search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, hit subscribe, boom, you're done. You get everything delivered to you. If you're a subscriber, you know that this post game does not have intro music. I want to give it some intro music, but I'm thinking I'm going to do it a little different. So here's what we're going to do. Everybody out there, everybody listening, record yourself, audio, video, whatever, Record yourself screaming, Let's fucking go! And email it to me. Broad Street Hockey Radio at gmail.com. I think I, for this playoff run, am going to make a little, uh, a little montage of all of our listeners screaming, Let's fucking go. Uh, do. Make it your own, make it creative, whatever. But that's what we're going to do uh, for, the, for the intro music for the post-game show when it gets uploaded to the podcast feed. We're going to do that. So give that uh, Radio at gmail.com. Record yourself screaming, let's fucking go. And that's what we're going to do for all of you. Like I said, I have no notes. I have nothing but excitement and happiness and optimism. So let's get to all of you. I'm going to scroll up and uh, start getting into your comments here. And let's see let's see how everyone's feeling. Uh, the Lightning are going to lose first round again. Yeah, th- I mean, I don't think so. I think the Lightning are good. The Flyers are just on fire right now. All right. I always thought NAK would be a good playoff guy. So far, so good. Listen, it's it's not the most talented teams. We see that year in and year out. It is and the Flyers have a ton of talent. But it's the team with that little bit of to use a cliché, sandpaper. It's that team with a little bit of grit, you know, and that's our freaking mascot. It's when you have the mix of everything. And the Flyers have that mix right now. They are just looking like a team on a mission. They can grind you out. They can beat you on the scoreboard. Their goalie is there to clean up everything. They kill penalties. They play good team defense. They pressure you all over the ice. NAK is a huge part of that. He brings that physical element. We have a lot of guys who are good two-way players or whatever, but they're not the most overtly physical players. NAK is just banging bodies out there, and then you see... Oh, yeah, he can get to the net and put some pucks in, too. He is the perfect third-line player for this team, without a doubt. All right, let's get some more here. Trying really hard not to overreact and failing miserably. We are playing really well. We have an amazing goalie. We're healthy, and we're getting the bounces. We are winning the fucking cup. I love to hear it, Flyers FTW, because that's exactly how I feel. They just have the mix of everything. They are they just look like a team ready to make a serious run here. You talk about getting the bounces, they absolutely have. You talk about the goalie play, both goalies have been good, and Carter Hart is the number one. We saw that again tonight. That is an amazing, I don't care how many shots they gave up to the Lightning, that's a great team to only give up the one. Hell yes. Uh, Yeah, it's, again, we're all Philadelphia fans. We know what overreacting gets us. We've lived through all of it. We've lived through all of it, all the misery for all the sports. We know what happens when we get too optimistic, when we get too cocky. This just feels different, though, doesn't it? It just feels like this is a team ready to do something. One thing to worry about is the power play, no goals. It's it's a worry of mine, but also... Uh, I've talked about this. If you've been on the post games for any amount of time, you know uh, you know how I feel about the power play. It's like a power hitter in baseball. When it is hot, it can carry you for two weeks. When it's cold, it's Ryan Howard swinging at sliders in the dirt. And when it's cold, they just don't score. They'll get hot at some point. You know, Shane Gossespierre coming back, having the game he had tonight. Maybe that's in the coach's head. Like, hey... The power play hasn't looked great. You know, who's a really good historical power play uh, power play point producer? Shane Bear. So, I I think not scoring, yeah, it's something to look at. But it's also the playoffs. We know there aren't as many penalties. The round robin, the qualifying rounds, it seems like they're refereeing. The games are being officiated uh, more closely to what a regular season game is officiated like versus a playoff game. But we know the whistles get swallowed in the playoffs. That's what happens. The power play isn't as big of a deal now. When you get a power play, say you get three power plays in a game, it really behooves you to score because that's an opportunity. But they're just not as big of a part of the like day to day of the playoffs as the regular season the power plays are. So, and I just think they're due. Like power plays go hot and cold not scoring in this, and still winning three games, that tells me that when the next hot streak comes around, they're going to be really fucking hard to beat. Carter Hart has the brightest future of any player in Philly. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue that point just thinking about the position he plays, how it's been in a position of weakness or a position of mediocrity, a position that needed to be addressed for so long for the Flyers and they have that guy now it just feels like everything's coming together and this is his first full season this is his first playoff run having that guy who's this good at this age how could he not get better how could he not continue to progress but here's what I started this the other night and I had to stop myself thinking about the future the future of this team is very bright. There are guys who are going to be contributors for this team who aren't even close to here yet. Morgan Frost, Cam York, you you know the list of... we've The Flyers have been bad. We've all acquainted ourselves with the list of prospects this team has had. But I'm not worried about the future anymore. For the first time, like I started reading, and it was on Broad Street Hockey, and it was good. Uh, the articles about potential draft picks and who's going to go where in the draft and all that. And I started reading it and gave up and said, fuck it, it doesn't matter. None of that matters anymore. I'm not worried about the future. I'm worried about the next game. I'm worried about the next series. I'm worried about Montreal. I'm watching the West Coast games thinking, all right, we're only going to have to play one of these teams. Who can the Flyers beat? And shit, if it ain't all of them. Alright, uh, Frox. I legit told my buddy tonight after the first period, I'm curious how we face against the best Western team, because that's where we're at. Yeah, that's, oh wow, great comment, because that's just what I just said. Uh, watching, watching teams, uh, we've all been watching a ton of hockey. There's been nothing but hockey on television for, for a week now. Um, does any team look, Better than the Fly. There are teams that, listen, Vegas is a very good team. Colorado is a very good team. I assume Tampa's going to get their, short, their shit sorted out and they'll be better than they played tonight. I assume Boston is going to get their shit sorted out and they'll be better than they played when we played against them. But have you watched any team through this whole thing, whether it's the Round Robins, the Qualifiers, whatever, have you watched any team and said, oh, man, they're head and shoulders above the Flyers? Because I sure as hell haven't. I have not seen that. I have not had that feeling at any point watching this. The Flyers are as good as anybody in the league, and they are primed for a run. So, Fralfrox, you told your buddy, you're, you know, you're looking at the Western Conference teams, and, yeah, we're getting ahead of ourselves. The Flyers have not won a playoff series yet. They have done nothing other than secure themselves the top seed after being the fourth seed coming into it, sweeping the three other best teams in the East. The Flyers haven't won anything yet. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. But at the same time, let's fucking get ahead of ourselves. This is a great team, and I expecting I am expecting a great run. This time off did nothing but help them mature and progress and get healthy. I'm just, I am nothing but excitement right now. I am pulsating. I also want to draw attention to my shirt, my uh, electric factory shirt. As you can see, it's got a little bit of lightning blue in it. It's electric. I wore this tonight hoping to suck a little life out of the Tampa Bay Lightning, trying to, oh, yeah, you're electric? Well, guess what? Ben fucking Franklin. And it seems to have worked, so electric factory. I'll always call you that. Are you concerned with how the Flyers will match up with Dale Weiss? Uh, I'm going to call him Weiss here because that's what I called him when he was here. Um, Listen, whenever you have a situation against one of these hot teams... Uh, and no, I'm not concerned with Dale Weiss at all, except for the fact that it would be Dale Weiss that had six goals in five games to to screw us over, absolutely, that would be a Dale Weiss thing, uh, that would just be a Flyers thing, uh, and when you have a goalie like Carey Price, at any point, he can just become who he is and steal it from you, but I'm not concerned about matchups. I'm not concerned about any... And I realize the Dale Weiss comment, that's a joke. I I understand that. But we got to look forward to Montreal now. That's... Who's next? Montreal. That's what's next on our plate. We got to look at how we match up with them. And... Concerned isn't even on my radar with the Montreal Canadiens. They they shouldn't even be here. They beat the Penguins, who are just a mess because... They're a poorly run organization who lucked into some all-time great talent, and good for them. You know, that's, that's what happens. You get that sort of ability. You have the run you had, but now that it's, yeah, they're, they're good players, but they're not the best in the league anymore, and it's going to come down to depth. Oh, yeah, well, the Penguins, eh, they don't really know how to do that, and so they're bad. They lose to the Canadiens, and the Habs, they're a little hot. They're probably feeling themselves, but No. Let's, it's, it's fun to think about Shea Weber that's a, that's a fun storyline we're going to see a lot of Shea Weber talk I think uh, in, the, in the media, national news we're going to see some articles about like what if the Flyers had had Shea Weber and, and all that and I'm here for it because what, what happened what worked out is we didn't get that guy and we had to suffer through we had to suffer through the period we suffered through but fuck they're good now and AK had a prime chance for the hat-trick, too. He did, man. He had the empty net. He had another chance late. Uh, I thought they would be looking for him, but at the end of the day, they put the game away, and that's what matters. Two assists for Ghost to get in the game one. Man, it seems like with his his limited action, he's making a case for himself. They didn't. I didn't see him get pinned down too much tonight in his own zone, and you know what he brings on the offensive side. If he is that guy, like, the the pass over to Farabee, cross ice, down low, the vision, the awareness, the ability to get it there, that's a whole whole extra element that we were kind of going into this run thinking we wouldn't even have. For me, it's enough, but I'm biased. I'm pro-Shane Gossis-Bear. I'm not anti-Robert Haig. I think Robert Haig plays a role in this team and does what he's asked to do, but... If we can add the ghost I think I saw tonight, and he gets better as he gets more confident, gets his legs under him, plays regular hockey for the first time this season, shit. I, I don't see how you keep him out of the lineup. I miss Yuri Latera. Yeah, no, uh, you don't. You don't, Super Techno Bowl, and I know you don't, but it is... It's fun to look back on where we were a year ago and how mad we were. And now we have this. This team got 2017 Eagles vibes. Um, It's a little different, but I'm not going to disagree. They do just feel like they have something. Just the way they are as a team together, the way I... Yeah, they do have those 2017 Eagles vibes and going in, you know, the Wentz injury and it seemed like they were they were Super Bowl contenders because of the quarterback play and then they're able to overcome that and do what they did. Like it's 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 a super special thing and I I never want to compare it to anything cuz it was just so great and so fun and so unique, but they definitely have that same feeling. It's there. Uh, Again, they haven't won a playoff series yet. They haven't done anything except secure themselves, home ice advantage, throughout the first three rounds, and that's it. Um, And, you know, the easiest possible seeding matchups, the reseeding comes in huge here, because now the Flyers, it's not a a straight bracket. They get the lowest seed every single time. It's not that stupid-ass division format we've been in for the last few years. It is... The Flyers have the easiest path in the East to the Eastern Conference Final and to the, uh, to the Stanley Cup Final. So did the Eagles in 2017. Can you imagine what the guys are doing at Hotel X? Uh, they got to wave goodbye to the Pens at breakfast and now this? Amazing. That's a great one. Uh, uh, who's this? Flyers fan A.W. Uh, Like, if I could teleport anywhere in the world, it would be into the bubble with the players. (laughs) And, like, not just for this. Like, yes, this is amazing. The Flyers are having this crazy thing. But it has to be the most fun party ever. Especially on a night like tonight where you don't have to play tomorrow. You did exactly what you came into this thing to do. And then, like, imagine the champion. For whatever team wins it, I'm thinking it's going to be the Philadelphia Flyers. But... The the party the <laughs> the bubble party the night of a of a championship of an Eastern Conference championship whatever if I could freaking teleport anywhere it would be the bubble with the players it's Miller time oh well in that case I drank Millers for most of the day so that I would be able to drink but also be sober enough to do post game I know a lot of people just you know want me to do this completely shit-faced, which I probably will at some point during these playoffs, because let's face it, I'm not a podcast host to, you know, be a total professional all the time. So, you'll probably see me hammer drunk at some point, but tonight, I stuck with the Miller Lights. Watched the Pittsburgh post-game interviews yesterday, just to point and laugh. I'm torn on Pittsburgh because... They're like that obstacle, they're our rival, they're that thing the flyers need to overcome, and I wanted to be the team that eliminated them. You know, I wanted to knock them out, but at the same time, God damn is it funny that they aren't even in the playoffs like they're not in the Stanley Cup playoffs. the real I know statistically this counted as the playoffs, the qualifying rounds and round robins and everything. But they're not in the actual playoffs. And that's hilarious. Uh, Faraby did a great job stepping up. I was a little worried to see Raffle get hurt. But after tonight, I'm completely reassured. Yeah, I don't think they're going to go the whole playoff run without Raffle. I think he'll be able to come back. And I love Raffle on the fourth line. But if we're talking about... A guy I want to see moved up in the lineup. Like, Raffle always has that ability, right? He's... I love Raffle on a fourth line. I never want to see him anywhere in the lineup, but on a fourth line. But if shit goes wrong, and you have to do some juggling, Raffle can step up. We've seen him do it before. He played a whole year, uh, like a year and a half, alongside Giroux and Voracek on the top line. So you know at least he's competent. But... God damn. Farabee in that... In... He has the talent to capitalize on that position. It's not oh well, Raffles up there, so we're not gonna—he's not gonna embarrass himself. Farby can change a game with a couple of plays. He's got such good two-way awareness. Uh, maybe he doesn't have everything you want right now out of a third or fourth liner, but if you can move him up like they did tonight and utilize him this way, utilize him on the power play. They had him in the slot and could with Voracek out. They had. At one point, Couturier and Voracek spot on the wall, and Farabee in the slot, and it looked like it could be something that would be good. And it's only something he's going to get better at with more reps. I'm looking forward to seeing what he's uh, looking forward to seeing what he's capable of doing. Joel Farabee said, "Let's go dancing. Let's all go dancing." Uh, If you didn't hear the beginning of the show, I'll I'll reiterate. um, I want to do a thing. If if you're a subscriber to the podcast. Um, you know, the post games, when I post them on the podcast feed, don't have intro music. So what I want to do is have everybody record themselves, audio, video, whatever, I'll figure it out, editing myself, record yourself screaming, let's fucking go, and email it to Radio at gmail.com, and I will put that together, and that's going to be our intro music for this playoff run Uh, for the post-games from here on out. Winning those three games without anything from the top line, man, it feels great to finally have some depth again. Yeah, I mean, think about the depth they had when they went to the Cup Final in 2010. You're looking at Giroux and JVR as third-line guys. It's Simone Gagne comes back, uh, Carter Hart comes... or Carter Hart... Jeff Carter comes back, and you have so many players... Uh, that they have depth and they're able to make that run. I won't say they got nothing from the top line because the top line did a hell of a job defensively, uh, especially against Boston and Washington. Just shut those shut those top lines down. Uh, but you do want off. It's Couturier, it's Voracek, and Giroux. You want some offense. So we need more offense out of those guys, but considering how good the depth has been... Their role as a shutdown line is it's it's incredibly valuable. Ghosts better than Hague in a third. Yeah, I know. All right, Kuch, G. Voracek, Hayes haven't scored yet. Yeah, Hayes doesn't have one. Uh, you know these guys are going to score. We know that they're going to score eventually. Uh, but like I just said about the top line especially, the defensive job they're doing has been incredible. Hayes has been setting up a bunch of goals. He's been taking advantage of, of uh, a bunch of you know second and third line matchups with that FMK line. That's another thing. I need you all, as my listeners, to really push for this FMK thing for Lawton, Hayes, and TK. All right. If, if you haven't been here before and don't know why they're the fuck, marry, kill line, it's well, connect me. He's flashy and fun. Obviously, he's fuck. Hayes, he's the long-term contract. You're married. Kill Scott Lawton. And that kind of explains itself. So we really need to push this thing, FMK. Like I want it said on a broadcast in the in the Eastern Conference Final. If we can make this a thing on social media, I think we can really get it to happen. Chat pause due to scroll. No, don't do that. I'll just scroll down. Uh, yeah, let's get to the more recent comments. Uh, even if Limbaum is ready. It would seem strange to slot in a rusty-as-hell winger on a team that was making a deep playoff run. Listen, I'm not looking ahead to when when Lindblom can potentially play. It's going to have a lot to do with him. But, I mean, if he's good to go, he's better than half the players in the lineup who are most of them pretty good. Uh, so I wouldn't have a problem with it because that means Lane Vigneault and the coaching staff and the front office and Limblam himself all determined that he was ready. So if they make that determination, that means the team is better because they're adding a good player. Uh, I think, I think, uh, what is this, Alex594, I love that AV trusts him to be on the first line, what a game he had, I assume you're talking about Farabee, yeah, it's, it's a great, it's a great luxury to have a guy who might not even be in your lineup, you know, he might not, he might not be one of your 12 forwards, if all things worked out the way you wanted them to, he might not be in your lineup. But then you put him in on the top line, and you don't miss a, you don't miss anything. You know, I I love it's this team's deep, man. This team is freaking deep. We talk about it with the forwards, obviously the defense. Like, I don't want to break up what they've had going for the last now twenty nine games. I think they've won. I'm trying to do math in my head now because I looked this up the other night. I think they've won twenty two of their last twenty nine games. Like. The nine-game winning streak was one thing, but this team hasn't lost two in a row since they got back from the post-Christmas Disney on Ice trip. This team doesn't win, or this team doesn't lose multiple games in a row. They don't give out. They don't show bad efforts multiple games in a row. That's that's huge going into a best-of-seven series, knowing that... You're not going to be behind 2-0 in any series, just the way this team plays, the way they play defense and bottle up other teams. That first period, did watching the first 5, 7, 10 minutes of the first period tonight, didn't you go like, alright, you know, they've survived their slow starts, but this is Tampa, they have a little more firepower, they're going to take advantage, well no. They didn't. The Flyers continued to do what they've done this whole time, and it's grind teams down, beat them down, morally defeat them, bottle up all of their explosiveness, and create scoring chances of their own out of it, and it's been, goddamn, has it been fun to see. Give me more ghosts? Yeah, I can't. Man, I, I just love Ghost so much, I can't advocate for him not to be in the lineup. Like, I've said this whole time, uh, with with Haig getting so much playing time and Ghost being a scratch, going back to, you know, pre-pandemic times, and thinking, you know, Haig is just better at what he does right now than Ghost is at what he does, but that seems to be changing. The game I saw tonight out of Shane Goss' Bear, show me more of that, and you're in the lineup. Now, it might lead to some juggling. Uh, don't know what the pairs might be. Uh, you think Ghosts, Brawn together would be, all right, we have the guy who provides zero offense, but is actually a good, legitimate stay-at-home defenseman, and we have, you know, the defenseman who's a fourth forward out there. Let's put them together, and they combine for some good chemistry. But in a small sample size together, Ghost and Brawn haven't been very good this year, but... Maybe Ghost has just been hurt. Maybe it really is about this knee surgery and he's ready to go. Grant and Thompson both fit their roles nicely. They do. Like, if you fill out your ideal lineup card, do you want both of them in it? Probably not, but shit, if you don't watch them and they're not effective right now. Nate Thompson could turn into a pumpkin at any point and be the guy who hasn't been very good in Montreal for the last few years, but right now he looks effective, and Derek Grant on that third line. I got no complaints. No, stop pausing the chat. Just let it go. Who has the better upside on the power play? NAK or Philly Joel. We need to get that fixed to go deep. Uh, I think the power play is kind of gonna fix itself just based on reps and time and being due. Uh, I've already talked. You know how I feel. Power plays are just hot and cold, and right now they're not hot, but they're winning without it. So when it gets uh, when it gets going, they'll be even better, I assume. Obviously, I think the better upside in a power play is Farabee in that slot position he was in tonight, because he's a guy who can shoot and score. But we got two goals out of NAK and he's physical he can get to the front of the net. I to answer your question, my answer is Fa- Faraby, but it's not like NAK is killing you there. Give me Ghost on the power play. Yeah, I, I think he could definitely help. I think it'll come around. I don't they're not they're not very good right now in the power play, but they have players who throughout their careers have been part of very good power plays. I can't imagine it doesn't come around at some point. Now, if we get to game three of the first round and they're still Ofer, it's something to talk about. But right now, it's not something I'm all that worried about. Bottom six is not bad. I think that's a wild understatement. They are even better than not bad. They are, in fact, good. Right, let's get some more comments here. Welcome to Twitch. We're so deep that Frost almost scored while scratched. What's happening? Is this real life? No, that's... Watching this game, I had a... Uh, one, my, my buddy Frank, you all know, you've all heard me talk about Frankie before. I call him my co-collaborator, but he's just uh, one of my one of my friends who loves hockey as much as I do. And we're watching this thing, like, in disbelief. Like, cannot understand the optimism we're feeling, because... This feeling has been rare in my fandom. In my thirty-two years of life, let's call it, you know, twenty-five years of awareness and fifteen years of understanding hockey, have not had this sort of optimism in a long time. Pity is amazing out there. Yeah, Pitlick is Pitlick is a good role player. Uh I got I got very few issues with with what they have going on in their bottom six because of Everyone just seems to fit. It's a bunch of pieces that fit together. I, you look at Tampa's roster and you look at the Flyers' roster and you think there's some sort of disparity in terms of overall talent, but then you watch the Flyers play and it just it all fits so well. If someone else gets hurt, I suggest a Yager return. If anyone could get anything out of this age, Jager, it's Elaine Vigneault. I wouldn't doubt it for a second. Myers-Sanheim, best second pair in the NHL. Why the fuck not? Let's call him that, best second pair in the NHL. Who's going to disagree with us right now? Thoughts on Giroux? Uh, I think he'll come around. I think he's a nice piece on this team. I think the top line has been doing an amazing job defensively taking away uh opponents other best lines. Like if you look at the advanced numbers, I haven't seen them from this game, but if you look at them from the uh from the Boston and Washington games, yeah, we're not getting a ton of offense out of G in that top line, but they're taking it to other top lines and if you're able to cancel if you're able to cancel out other team's best players and you have the best depth which we all think the flyers have the best depth you're gonna win a ton of games uh, what's the biggest concern going into the going into the team's first round against the Habs who is the who is the team's spark um, and we have a couple questions that are basically the same uh, biggest concern this one. Uh, aside from just playoff price, and that's always, when the other team has a, and it could be any goalie, we've seen it, like, Michael Layton was fucking lights out in the Eastern Conference Final, and he's not good, um, any goalie can get hot at some point for, especially, you know, four or five, six game stretch, but yeah, the, the concern is the, Maple, uh, is the, uh, is, is Carey Price and the Habs, um, Just ability to steal some games, because that's what you're looking at right now. If someone beats the Flyers, they stole the game. If someone eliminates the Flyers, they stole the series. Uh, Especially in these first two rounds when you're up against, you know, inferior teams. Beyond that, though, because one person asked me to say, except Carey Price, I'll just say that spark of we have nothing to lose with the Habs. They, they, They shouldn't be in the playoffs. Half their fans think it's Silly for them to even have eliminated the Penguins because they'd much rather be in the lottery than, you know, uh, be in a first-round series they're probably going to lose. But it's that it, just that intangible. Uh, there's nothing about the Habs roster that worries me. It's the, anti- it's the intangible of we have nothing to lose, we're going all out, we're feeling it, we're the underdogs, plus a goalie capable of getting hot at any time. Uh, This team's a complete flip of the last three years. Usually we have been so reliant on special teams with little 5-on-5 ability. Now it feels completely different. And getting back to the Giroux and top line point, it's been the Jake and G show for years now. Yeah, if they combine for four points, Flyers win. If they don't, they lose, depending on how bad the goalie is on any particular night. Now they win games in a variety of ways and that's why they've been so hard for these other good teams. Uh, they just have this depth and they just have this ability to beat you on the forecheck, in the neutral zone, kill penalties, just destroy their opponent's momentum uh, to a point that I haven't seen before with, with this franchise. Uh, I was impressed with Cockney, uh Still had a little to drink tonight. I was impressed with Kotkiniemi in the Habs-Penn series. Yeah, I mean, he's a good player. They have good players. It's not like they're a bad team. They're not one of the, one of the teams that didn't qualify for this thing. Uh, they've had their ups and downs this year, and they were on the bubble maybe in an 82-game season. They overtake someone for a wild card or something, but I just don't see... I will be wildly disappointed... Let me put it that way. I'll be wildly disappointed if the Flyers can't beat the fucking Canadiens in, in this seven-game series because they are clearly so much better than them. They're clearly so much better than most of the teams in the league. If the Flyers aren't in an Eastern Conference final, these postgames are going to turn negative hard. But I'm not even expecting that. As somebody who always expects the worst from my Philadelphia teams, I just have, I just have an optimism with this group. Just go to fritolaysnackat.sbnation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4/3/2023. Void whereverhibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at fritolaysnackat.sbnation.com. Most of the time we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. (laughs) Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Seeing as no fans are allowed to be present, does that mean no fan gets a swing at Domi Jr.? Yeah, that would bring it all full full circle, wouldn't it? Maybe Gritty can find his way in there. Maybe he can sneak in and take a swing at uh, Ty's son for us. That would be pretty sweet. All right, everybody. I think that's just about all the time I have for you in the post-game podcast tonight. Woo! We're the number one seed, baby. Going to the cup. That's all anyone should be thinking about. Hashtag anytime, anywhere. Hashtag Stanley Cup. I'm just feeling it right now, ladies and gentlemen. I think... We're about, we're, we're in the, we're in the beginning of something special, and we should all get ready for a fun ride, um, but that's it for me tonight, uh, thank you all for listening, thank you for hanging out, we will continue to work on the quality of these streams, and the post game, and everything, I realize it's not up to snuff from what you were all used to at Facebook, but we're gonna work on that over the next couple days, and hopefully by the time the playoffs start, everything will be back at 100% on Twitch, as it was on Facebook, hey! Why not? Check out the Crest Tavern. That's right, the Wildwood Crest has the best bar at the whole Wild, at the whole Jersey Shore. It's called the Crest Tavern. It's owned by my friend Timmy Fitz. He's just the man. He's a huge hockey fan. Uh, you could probably go there, have a few drinks, maybe watch a game outside with their outdoor dining, and get in a hockey conversation with somebody, and not even know that it's the owner of the joint, Timmy Fitz, because he is just... Uh, He's a cut above the rest, and it's a hockey bar. It's a great place. But if you're, you're like, ah, I'm, not, I'm not down with the whole going out to a restaurant quite yet, well, you're in luck because they have takeout. They have package goods for beer and booze and snacks. So anything you're looking for during these playoffs, if you're in the Jersey Shore area, check out Timmy Fitz's Crest Tavern right there in Wildwood Crest. It's my favorite bar at the whole Jersey Shore, and one of my favorite bars on the whole planet. And I've been to a couple of bars here and there. Now and then, I've been known to frequent some bars. All right, that's it. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Just go to Broad Street Hockey, wherever there are podcasts. Hit subscribe. You get all sorts of content delivered to you pretty much daily at this point. I'm a subscriber, obviously, to my own podcast. And whenever I open up uh, iTunes or or Apple Podcasts, whatever the hell they call it now, I'm like four behind. It's like, oh, you haven't downloaded in a week. You've missed 12 episodes. you still interested? I'm like, yes. And there's so much content. It's it's almost difficult to keep up with. But if you do, I think you'll enjoy it. So do that. Have a great time. Enjoy these post games with me. Uh, I'm just rambling now. I forget how I wanted to wrap up the show. But go Flyers. Woo! Number one seed, baby. Let's fucking go. Send your recordings of you screaming. Let's fucking go to radio at gmail.com uh make it your own make it special add music add effects whatever the hell you want to do uh just do that and i'm gonna smush them all together and make it the intro music for the podcast feed uh post games from here on through the uh through the playoff run so that's it i'm done have a great week everybody